already I started hearing um, all who are thirsty, all who are weak, deep cries in the deep. And when she said that, it just sort of reconfirmed that it's, you know, deep cries in the deep. And if you're thirsty or hungry, get in the river because it'll show you. Um, I wanted to share, I shared some stuff on Wednesday night. And one thing I wanted to mention that I did not mention then um, is I really encourage y'all, if you get a piece of a puzzle, if you get something from the Lord and it just seems really ridiculous and you can't make heads or tails of it, you need to speak that with somebody in a prayer, you know, on whoever you get it on because there's pieces of a puzzle that corporately we come together and that's sort of, you know, and that's what the Lord wants us to do. He gives us all bits and pieces of things and glimpses of things and we need to sort of corporately put those together and fill in that puzzle. So I really encourage you, if you get something, no matter how crazy it seems, I really encourage you to speak that out and get with somebody else and speak that out. Um, I wanted to share this Wednesday night when we were here, and I, we were, some of us were praying, and I saw Byron in navy and yellow galoshes. And I said, I don't know what this is, but I'm seeing you in these navy galoshes with yellow trim. So that was sort of the end of that, and I said, you know, whatever. So... Yesterday, I was at home, I was cleaning house and stuff, and I got to tell you, I sat down and said, okay, Lord, you know, what's on your heart? What's going on today? And I immediately saw this parking lot was like a flood. Hmm. And it was a flood down into the church. And people were coming into this church. They were wading into this church. They were not walking in. They were wading in. They were holding up their pant legs, walking in, trying to get into this church. Our parking lot was not big enough. They were coming from the top of the road down in here. And I'm, mm, and I'm just telling you, get ready, because this rain that's coming, this rain that's coming, this holy rain, this power of God rain that's coming, you better get ready because this parking lot's not big enough, this building's not big enough to contain what God's going to do. The power of God's going to fall. The power of God's going to fall in each drop of rain, and it's going to flood, and you're going to have to pull up your pant legs to get in this building because the power of God's going to be flowing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We say, let it be, Lord. Let it be, Lord. Let it be so, Lord God. Amen. Actually, I had a dream last night, and in the dream, somebody came out and gave me a little package of money. And I opened it up, and I saw a $100 bill, and I saw a $5 bill. Then I saw some other denominations. And I was really blessed by it. Then, this guy started handing me these stacks. You know how money comes, you know, that you see on television, they have little wraps around them? Stacks of money. I mean, stacks of it was handed to me. I don't usually talk about money much, but since I had this dream, I was thinking about it. Well, I knew the little thing in the pack was for me personally. You know, the $100 bill, the $5 bill, and a couple ones, you know, but $107, I'm, thank you, Lord. But the stacks were not mine. It was for what the, what the Father wants to do. It was His money. So I believe the Lord is wants to do stuff like that actually so just when he was saying that I remember that dream so Father we just pray for every person in this room Lord you know all our personal needs on a financial level and that's something as we sing we will trust in you Lord that somehow we could uh, come into a new place of trust financially with you and know that you're the God who has it all and you really are a very generous God and you want to share with us uh, Lord, we're talking about us wanting to give and be generous. That's nothing, Lord. We want to see your generosity. 
uh, because, Lord, as the Bible says, uh, we love you because you first loved us. Lord, we would be generous as we experience your generosity in a fresh way, in a real way, because we could never outgive you, Lord. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you that you are just so, such a wonderful Father, wonderful God, wonderful Savior, wonderful Savior. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, the Lord wants to have a party. I'm really convinced he's in a party mood. And uh, you know what's so wonderful about the Lord? This is what I'm really getting is, man, when the Lord's doing stuff, it is so much easier. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, it's really easy when God moves and He begins to move on the heart of His people. Because then, you know, there's a lot of pressure that gets taken off of you. Because you don't have to... You don't have to uh, feel like you always got to have something, always got to be on top or whatever, because there's other people around you, the corporate body of Christ that the Father is raising up in the earth right now. A corporate body. A corporate body where every joint has something to give that's blessed and that's alive and that's rich. And that's really the heart of the Father, is to see all His children just having a big old time in His house. And that's really what it is. So each of us, uh, the Lord has an assignment for each of us. And uh, so um, I was going to, I was, I had a, I wanted to just introduce our speaker this morning. I had a terrible two days this week in my life. It was terrible. I mean, I really got sucked down into this world, you know, and lived for two days in this world, I mean from this world, from this life. And uh, I read this story about this woman who had this experience with the Lord where she actually went into the spiritual realm, and this angel said, hey, you want to come and play play in the sand with me? And she thought it was sort of strange, but she did go to this beach. She said it was the hugest beach she'd ever seen, and started playing in the sand with this angel. And the angel started talking to her about playing in the sand. And saying, you know, that's what that's sort of what y'all like to do down there, is play in the sand, you know. And when she was saying it, this woman was starting to realize, you know, she said, yeah, and the tide comes in and washes all your stuff away that you do, you know. And the Lord was really speaking to that woman's heart about how we, as believers, sometimes play in the sand. That's what we're doing, and it means nothing. It's it's because we're trying to do something. We're trying to build something for God. We're trying to do something for God. You know, and, it's, and it is literally like playing in the sand. It, there's, there's nothing to it. And God wants to deliver us from playing in the sand. He wants to deliver us from this great deception that's come on the church. And the deception is is somehow we've got to do something for God. Somehow we've got to please God and make God happy. God wants to bring the church into to some great freedom. Okay, I mean, great freedom. And one of the things he showed me is he said, you know those things that you see in the in the water, they call buoys. You know what those things are? They're markers. I mean, how in the world can you mark something in the ocean? I don't know. You know, but they actually have these things out there, and they're they're landmarks. They mark they mark a spot. And the Lord said He wanted to mark something in the river, in our church. He wants to put a marker down. Uh, so he can take us to the next place. But you've got to have this marker so you can get your bearings on it. And this morning, Becky was sharing with me um, some stuff the Lord was showing her. And I said, man, that's, you know, you need to share that with the church because it's really something God wants to release to us this morning. So that's what's so great I was telling you. 
just not, you know, you can just let let the let the Lord do as He will through He will, who He wills. And this is a great word, and I promise you, if you can receive it on a new level, you probably all, so many of you, y'all have heard some of this, but God wants to do more in this area, and He really wants to establish us where we operate from a place of freedom in Christ, real freedom. I'm talking Holy Spirit freedom, which ain't natural freedom. Well, y'all are going to get me this morning. I didn't expect this, and neither did you, right? <laughs> um, the Lord, you know, this morning, actually, I had no... I, was, I just was kind of putting some things together that the Lord has been um, speaking to me over the last couple of weeks, and they were kind of just all coming together, so I was writing them down and just sharing them with Byron. I had no intention of standing up here. I'm not even really ready so um, I bet I just brought how it came to me so it's not in any kind of real order or anything like that so you'll just um, just go with me on this so um, anyway but I just thank the Lord for the opportunity to be able to share that with you so um, this is what's been happening this is what happens to me I'll just um, over the course of my life I have these cycles that I get in in my walk with the Lord and I believe it's probably a cycle that most well I'm pretty sure most of us have these kinds of cycles they may look different or feel different but here's what it is how the cycle works for me I'm always I think I really began my walk like this running after the Lord really going after him hard um, trying to please him and, and do everything the way he wants me to do it, you know, and, and I get to going hard on that, and actually sometimes that works pretty good, but what happens to me is I reach these breakdown points, and, um, and I get worn out, and, you know, get on my back before the Lord, and then I start over the cycle again, and, um, and I, that's just sort of how my walk goes, and it's, what it really has a lot to do with is a lot of self-effort. I get to go into my own self-effort. And the Lord really has to break that off of me every so often. And with the move of God that's been going on in this church, one of the things he's been going after is my mind, um, like many of us. really, uh, I have really not realized how much I live out of my natural, carnal mind as a believer. And much of this cycle I get caught in has to do with the wrong belief system that I have in my mind. This, and um, so, you know, recently I've been feeling that stuff coming back at me again. Um, this, and I, I recognize it as a religious spirit. It really, truly is re- the nature. It's religious spirit. It's the nature of man default back to self-effort. That's what we find ourselves in on a regular basis. And um, this, just over the last couple of weeks, I was asking, Byron and I were laying in bed, and I, was, I just said to him, I think we have this thing backwards. We really, even with the way the Lord's been moving with the river, it's really, it's been wonderful. It's like you get in and he takes you. And feeling the fresh baptism of his fire coming and you know, new grace coming in the rivers, just it's just wonderful. Just experiencing the Lord fresh. But honestly, even in the river, the natural default self 
goes to somehow trying to make even this some kind of self-effort. And the Lord really, and I was starting to feel some of that, and I think the Lord began speaking to me quickly, which I'm very glad because, you know, I really don't want anything to hinder what the Lord's doing here in the place he wants to take us. And I believe there are hindrances. The enemy is bringing stumbling blocks. And we need to be very wise. I know from the beginning, one of the stumbling blocks the Lord showed us right off the bat was this getting messed up in our relationships. Uh, the Lord speaking to us to have a lot of grace for one another. And so this has been another stumbling block, I really believe, that the, the enemy has been trying to sow is getting us back into some kind of self-effort. And so here are some of the things that I felt like the Lord's been, uh, this is how the Lord's been saying to me with this. Here's one thing that this week I was thinking. You know, one thing I find with believers, and I see this not just with us, although the Lord's been breaking a lot of this off of us, but I see it on a whole. I see a lot of heaviness on us as believers. We have this intense, laborsome thing on us. It's like we're trying to get somewhere. We're just intently trying to get somewhere. And, um, and I, there's something about that that moves off the course that's not exactly right. I believe we've been called to go up the mountain, but there's something about this heaviness that gets on us of trying to get to God and trying to, to be something, be somewhere, in which I, it takes us out. It doesn't really take us where we're going. It moves us out. It moves us into self-effort, back to, to uh, relying on ourselves and this thing of toiling. And I don't really believe that's God at all. It's just um, it may, we get, end up worn out and discouraged. How many of you go through that cycle? Yeah, most of us go through these cycles. And, um, you know, the Lord was speaking to me this morning about, you know, the elder brother syndrome is what I call it. With the, when that story, you know, um, that parable of the prodigal son, there's an elder brother in that parable. And in that, you know, we see an attitude of, of a brother that was, he had this religious spirit working on him. He really did. He has the same self-effort thing. He's, he, uh, the story is, is he, his prodigal brother comes home. The father throws a party for the uh, prodigal son who went out and squandered everything, and the elder brother is mad about it. Okay? And I just tell you this. That is so much of where we are so many times in our mind and our thinking. We don't really realize that we have, in the Father's house, okay, we have everything we already need. This, This son, the elder son, did not know. He was living in his father's house and did not know what he had. And I believe this is the root of this thing, this pattern we get in. We do not know what we possess. We don't know who we are, and we don't know what we have. So thus, we're trying to get to something that we already possess. We already have it. And I'm, I want the Lord to help us with this. We desperately need help with this. And... Um, 
you know, I believe this is what's so exciting about the Lord pouring out His Spirit. He's been doing a lot of this. He's been taking heaviness off of us. It's wonderful. This worn out thing, He's been taking it off of us. You know, and and Byron and I have been talking this week that we really, you know, honestly believe the move of God is taking us somewhere. There is there is a point to what God's doing. He's taking us somewhere. It's we can get caught up in just what's happening to us, but I believe the Lord wants to, us to really see, have vision, the point of all of it. And this is what I feel is the point of it, is He wants us to know who we are. He wants to reconnect us back to understanding that we are our Father's children. We live in the Father's house. We really already have everything He's been pouring out. He's just making us aware of it. He's really making us aware. And um, so here's what it is. This guy, he's living in his father's house. He doesn't. He can't see it. He can't see what his father has for him. He's not experiencing the father's house. And he's and there's you know and he his father has a party heart. He's a partier. His daddy will he really has that an extravagant partying heart. And he can't see it, and he's certainly not experiencing it. He's too busy toiling. And this is something I'm very guilty of, is toiling. You know, it is my default. Outside of walking in the Spirit, I will default to toiling and laboring for God. I get busy for Him. And it's the very thing that kept this elder brother from being able to see the Father. And see that he had everything. He possessed it all. And if you go back to the... And I feel like I always go back to the beginning. I, I love Genesis. Actually, it's probably one of my favorite books in the Bible, Genesis. The first few chapters, actually. Um, and here's, here's why I believe this toiling thing, okay? This laborsome thing that we find ourselves in goes back to the garden. It really is the original sin. It really goes back to that and um, are related to the original sin, I should say. Because here's what happened with, with Adam. You know, he had it all in the garden, okay? He really he had the presence of the Lord. And he also... Um, was in this garden. God planted this garden, actually, and put man. I, I really read that this week. It was interesting to find that, that God planted the garden, garden, you know, and put man in this garden. And he put man in this garden. Now, this is the beginning. Now, this is what I want you to get. Is in the, this is the way it's supposed to be. The beginning is going back to the root. It's going back to our foundation. So, in the beginning... We find man in a garden with his maker enjoying God. He's just enjoying God, and he's cultivating this garden. He's been put there to take care of it, to cultivate. He's not toiling. He's working, but he's not really laboring. And when man fell, he fell. The enemy talked him out of who he was, and when he fell, he fell into toil. From that point on, you see him laboring by the sweat of his brow. And this is really what we deal with. Most people think 
gross sin is our real problem, but it's really not. It's this. Our real problem is self-effort, falling into independence, away from... It, it really is that we, we're... You know, it's, it's this toil and mindset laboring. So God really, I believe, wants us to get us to this destination of enjoying Him. It's really what we're meant to do, to enjoy God and cultivate. Not work, not uh, labor. And He wants us to cultivate the garden He's put us in, the garden of His presence. And I love what Bob Jones says. He says this, it's we're shifting into a time where we're not laboring for God. We're not going to work for God. We're going to work with Him. And I, that's where I want to be. It is, it's like Byron says, a lot easier. It's a whole lot easier. A whole lot easier to do it that way. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Lord, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, you're the one that really lights up our inside. And I ask you just to do that right now, Lord, to just go and light light us up, Lord God, with revelation. Lord, that this pattern would be broken in our life, that we would recognize the scheme of the enemy, that how cunning and how subtle it is that comes in our lives on a daily basis wanting to draw us away from who you are, Lord God, and the way we're meant to live our lives, oh God. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Mm. We just bless your name, Lord. You know, I love the scripture that that Jesus said. Um, you know, the book of John is the, it's just one of the gospels that I particularly love. In this gospel, John is really highlighting the Father. Okay? That's, the different gospels highlight different things, but the book of John is highlighting the Father. And Jesus is showing us who the Father is and how that relationship works between us and the Father. And I love it when Jesus said this about the toil. He says, look at the lilies. They neither spin nor they toil. They're just beautiful. They're just beauty. And they're basking in the light of the sun. They don't do anything. And God, look how much He arrays them. Look how beautiful they are. They're not spinning. They're not toiling. Such an, it's an awesome thing to really get our hearts around and get our minds around. It's just really important. So um, one, one thing I want to go back to about the garden before we move on to to John because one thing that has the real thing that happened in the garden that is the most devastating and this is in regard to our identity is man when man was cast out of the garden he was orphaned okay he an orphan spirit came and he got cast away from the presence of his father and that's why Jesus came really to restore us back to all that so it's really important orphaned his, he was darkened and his, our minds were darkened. See, this is really why this is so important to get our hearts back around who the Father is. And that is what the Lord is doing here. Man was orphaned. He was shut out of the presence of God. Devastated, honestly. Devastated from who he is. So he's shut out. His identity, you know, doesn't know who he is anymore. Orphaned. This abandonment thing is on him. So it's so key 
is so key to know this right now, that this is what the Lord is doing, is He is connecting us back to the Father. Back to the Father. Back being loved by the Father. <clears throat> so in the book of John, we see this, being the Lord showing us again who we are. You know, And this is what I love, that Jesus is considered our elder brother. We have Him to look at. We have Him to look at as the example that he, he, this is one thing I loved about Jesus. He said this, um, he, he said um, that the Father himself testified of who he is. He didn't need anybody else to testify of who he is. Only the Father to testify and tell him who he is. And Jesus was, had a baptism of love and affirmation. He had two baptisms, a baptism of the Holy Spirit and a baptism of love and affirmation. See, even as a man, he was Jesus walked the earth as a man. You just have to remember that. Not just deity. It's important because we have to understand he's gone before us as a man. He needed a baptism of affirmation to tell him who he was, restored to the Father, that he was in the Father, in the Father's house. He really reconciling us to our Father, showing us the way, connected back to his identity. He is God's Son. We are God's children. We have everything we need in the Father's house. We do not have to toil and spend to have it. We, we just are. It's just, we just are. Through the blood of Jesus, we're in. We're in. Yeah, inheritance. You don't do anything to get an inheritance. Someone said that to me this morning. It's awesome. It's really awesome. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. And see, I think this is ultimately our lack of knowing who we are in the Father's house is really what leads us to toil. It's really the it causes us to it's the it's where the toiling begins. It's because we don't really understand what has happened. Jesus paid a very high price. God the Father paid a very high price and given up His Son, sacrificing His Son so that we could be and live and know who we are in our Father's house. So this outpouring, that's really what God's doing. It's really what He's doing with us. So many of us, how many of you have had that? Is the Lord not, tell me the Lord's been speaking to you about your identity in this. It's just incredible. It's really incredible. And, you know, when somebody knows who they are, you, you can't really stop them. It, 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 they don't need somebody to tell them. They don't need... They just When you know who you are, it's just... You just are. You just enjoy. You just enjoy what you are. You enjoy the Lord that way. Mm, thank you, Lord. Mm, praise the Lord. He's so good. I mean, when you start getting a hold of this, it's easy to receive the joy of the Lord. I mean, it is, because you're just so, you're just enjoying God. 
You just that's what you're made for. You're made for the garden. You're just made to enjoy the Lord and cultivate. Just cultivate. It's wonderful. It's really wonderful. You know, um, this week I've been gardening a lot. I've been trying to get my yard uh, together. And, and I think the Lord really was just using all this because, you know, man has really got things in him that God's put there. He did make us to cultivate, you know, to put our hands to things and to make them grow and to make them prosper. But it's not a laborsome thing. And, and I just, and I believe though, do you see that there's a real correlation between those two things? As we know who we are in the Father's house, we enjoy Him, that we're made to just, that's really our, one of our purposes is just to enjoy Him. Um, you know, and thus out of that, see, out of that, we begin to cultivate things and make them grow. Just be, it doesn't work the other way. And that's what, what it's backwards. That's the question I've been asking. Lord, this thing's backwards. It seems like we're striving to try to get to somewhere so we can be in this place of enjoying you. But that's totally backwards. It's totally backwards. We enjoy the Lord, and, and out of that comes this cultivation in us that God's put in us. I have so enjoyed planting things this week and, and, you know, cleaning up my yard and doing all kinds of stuff. It was just like this need in me. And um, I just want to bring this up because I think this is so awesome because I think it really ties into it. Um, Angela and I spent some time together a couple of weeks ago and we were just talking about things and we were talking about there's this basic need in man to feel like he belongs to Father's house, Okay. Um, we, there's a basic need, and she is a psychology, psychology major. She has a master's degree. She can't, she's, uh, works at Charlotte Christian as a guidance counselor there. And, she, and later, she's funny. She tickles me. She'll listen to me, and then later she comes on the email, emails me these things that she's really thought about. And she emailed me this great thing. It's called Maslow's some Hierarchy of Human Needs. And when I read that, I just got so excited. It didn't move me at all that it was from psychology. I got really excited because, you know, it's a pyramid. There's these different needs, and I won't go into all of it. But I got excited because everything in that pyramid, the Lord's been doing in this river. It's been incredible. And so it made me know that God... He is really up to stuff. He is up to restoration. He's up to really, he is wanting to fill every need we've ever had. Because it's, we already, he's our daddy. He's our daddy. He wants us to have it all. And in there, you know, there is that thing, this basic need for belonging is there. There's this need for beauty in there. And I've often wondered why. I have a real need for beauty around me, nature. I have a need for that. And I thought, oh, I've just got this Choctaw blood in me, this Indian thing, the earth and all that, and that's probably got something to do with it. But I really see that God made man for a garden. He did. He made us for these things. It's in us, you know, and, he, and, and to enjoy the Lord that way. And I just thought that was great. But I want to tell you the very top of that pyramid. I won't go in. Sometimes I might develop a teaching on it because I think you could really do it. But, 
You know what the very top of that pyramid is? Now, a secular term is self-actualization, which, you know, that's all right. We could probably go there with a lot of spiritual stuff too. But the other word I like is transcendence. That's at the very top of that pyramid. God has put it in the heart of man to want to go beyond himself into the spiritual realm. I mean, it's just in us. He's put it there for us to seek. It's in us to go. We're made for the spiritual realm. There is a spiritual garden for us where we can enjoy the Lord. We can cultivate. We're not working. We're not toiling. We're not spinning. We're made to enjoy His presence. We can know our daddy and live in his house and enjoy our brothers. And This is a thing, too, I want to say to you. That toiling thing, it got into relationships. Look what happened the next thing that happened. Cain slew his brother. See, I believe if we can get this thing out, out of our heart, this old religious thing, and begin... Let me just say this, because we have some Presbyterians here this morning. Eric and I listening, and they're our dear friends. Eric, actually, for a lot of y'all that are new, led worship in this church for a long time, and they're our friends from Charlotte, but um, they're at St. Giles Presbyterian Church. But the Lord, this week, um, I just ran across this. This was good. Um, one of, in catechism with, you know, in Presbyterianism, one of their things, their doctrines, is that men, man's chief purpose is enjoying the Lord. And I thought, that is so cool. It really is. And I was saying at the early service, I've always, something about in the Presbyterian church, I've always liked Presbyterians. There's been something there that I feel that is good. And I believe it's because in the roots of the Presbyterian church, there was a real revelation of grace, a real revelation of enjoying the Lord that things come out of that place instead of trying to get to it. And um, so I thought that was really good, really, really good when I ran across that, that they're actually, you know, actually that teaching their children that. So what we need to be teaching our children, joy in the Lord. Mm. This, I want to end with this, and I, I'm finished. Uh, this week, uh, Friday, I was soaking and um, the Lord took me back to my house I grew up in. My, I have the privilege, this is really special for me, but my, I don't know how many of you have this, but my mother still lives in the house I grew up in and I love that because I can always go home and be back in the very house that I grew up in and it's, it's really wonderful. But this week when I was soaking on Friday, I was... The Lord, you know, and often the Lord does this. He takes me to memories. And most of the time, they're painful. And the Lord's wanting to heal something in me. But this was a very good memory. It was kind of strange because when I was telling Byron later about it, you know, this was a good memory. And he was like, I felt like he was thinking, well, that wasn't a really good thing. That wasn't a painful thing. What was God doing? (laughs) And I just said, well, he takes you back to good things too. (laughs) It's not just painful stuff, you know. But, uh, yeah, thank the Lord. But he took me back, and this was all it was, is I was in my house, and I was alone. And this, I was just in there. There was it, it was silent in there as it was often, and I felt totally secure. I had this 
feeling of security just and I could just it was just thinking about just being in that house and how secure I felt as a child and you know, knew my parents loved me and that I belonged to them, I was being taken care of. And it was just such a blessing and I just felt like the Lord was just releasing that on a spiritual level too for me, you know, and and um and you know, I thought about this thing about Jesus. He was baptized with two baptisms, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But also that baptism of love. This is my son, my beloved son in who I'm well pleased. And you know, he was very secure in his father's love. He knew he belonged. And, you know, and like I said before, he didn't need for anybody to testify about him. And I felt like the Lord was just releasing that to me. And then Friday night at the SOS meeting, this um, there was a worship team there from Morningstar, and they were actually their youth worship team. And this young boy started singing this song. It was powerful. Some of you guys were there. He, and the course of it was this. And I, I, I knew this was absolutely God. He started singing, Your love is like a home with an open door. And he sang it over and over. Your love is like a home with an open door. Your love is like a home with an open door. And he just sang it over and over. And I just knew that was God speaking you know, he was really speaking about this thing. He wants us to live in the Father's house. He And I believe that Father's house is the garden. It's where we're meant to live. And it's an open door. He paid a huge price for that door to be open. And there's only one way in. It's by the blood of Jesus. You know, last Sunday... Or when it when I can't remember last Sunday I was praying that God is completely satisfied already. There's nothing more that we can do to satisfy Him. He's completely satisfied in the blood of His Son. He's well pleased in His Son, and because of that, He's well pleased with us. We don't have to toil any longer. We're we are we we're in a room that we already possess. We can live there and cultivate our gardens. And I'm going to tell you, things will grow from that place. They will not grow from the seedbeds of legalism. That's death. Mm. Thank you, Lord. And I just, you know, I believe that's why Paul so much went after about the love of God being rooted and grounded in the love of God. I really believe because he understood this. He understood it. So, amen. That was, that's what the Lord's been trying to tell us. And uh, I wanted to give two good examples uh, for, in my life. Uh, one was this week I was reading this story of this guy's tremendous story where he had this experience where he went to hell. The Lord sent him into hell, into the pit of hell, to get these two scrolls that were that were stolen from the body of Christ, were stolen from the church. And he, you know, he goes through this great story about how the Lord took him in there, and and and, and the Lord had him get these two scrolls. And when he got got back out of hell, um, now this is a, a prophetic experience. He, uh, the Lord said, I want you to go to the United. This guy's from Australia. I want you to go to the United States and give uh, each of these scrolls to two different pastors. Okay, so he went to the United States. He literally came to the United States, and then you know, uh, met. He knew who the pastors were, 
he went to the first pastor and gave him the scroll. And this pastor actually knew about this. Knew the Lord had already spoken to him. He was going to bring a scroll to him in the spirit realm. So he received it. Then he went to another pastor who was, didn't have any concept of it, but received it anyway. And when I read it, I thought, man, that's awesome. But I was envious and said, Lord, I, why didn't I get that? And he said, the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord said, it's not your assignment. And when he said it, something came on those words that made me feel real secure. Instead of thinking, well, you know, these guys got something I don't have, it made me feel, well, they do have something. That's wonderful. I'm happy they got it. Thank God. But that didn't leave me out. God has an assignment for me. God has an assignment for every person. And see, that takes a bunch of trash out. Trash out of our lives. God wants to sweep that trash, that insecurity, that feeling like we've got to do something to get something. God has something for everybody. Everybody. Okay? And one of the problems we've had in the body of Christ is that what Becky called the seedbed of legalism, which tells you you've got to do something to get something from God. Where God's saying, no, you don't. You've already got it. You've got to believe and accept, receive. That's all you've got to do. Humble yourself, really. Um, uh, then the other thing, this is the Lord really got me on this, and I didn't tell the whole truth in the first service. I'll go ahead and tell you all the rest of the story. He really nailed me good on this one. You know, I read this email from this guy, great guy, really a great guy. He's a good guy, got a good heart, and he was talking about 7 7. Okay, the thing, and he and he made this statement. Well, all the next leaders in the body of Christ are coming. We're going to be there. Okay, and I thought, man, that's not good. What he's saying. There's a, there's legalism in that statement. In other words, for you to be a, one of the next leaders in the body of Christ, you may, you have to go to Nashville on seven seven. Okay, and I was thinking that's really not good, Lord. I didn't like that at all. And the Lord said to me, but Byron, you need to be really careful that you don't communicate to the people around you that they can't that they're not spiritual if they don't get in the river like you do. You hear what I'm saying to you? You hear what I'm saying to you? God wants to set people free. Okay? Now, I'm a big believer in the river because the river is the Holy Spirit. I'm and I'm going to always encourage people towards that cuz I think that's something I don't ever want to quit doing. I've committed the rest of my life to it. Okay, but what I don't want to do is make anybody do anything to be something. I want to take that off in people. I want to take that yoke off in all of us because that is not a yoke that Jesus does. The Bible says, whosoever will. That's what the Bible says. Whosoever will. Now, we can encourage people, exhort people, just like we should go and tell people that Jesus is their Savior and Lord and He died for them. Uh, but we want to, don't want to just try to force people into doing anything because God never forces we have a choice. And when that choice is taken away from us, then we have stepped across the line. We've stepped out of the Father's love and stepped into that, that, that devil thing. You know? So you, you see how subtle that thing can come on you? Instead of setting people free, hey, let's set the people free to get in the river. Let's set people free to enjoy the Lord. Not say, look, if you don't do it this way, then you're less of a Christian. That's a lie from hell. You hear me? Let's not have that class structure. I've told you this before. There's two people in the body of Christ, basically. There's God and there's us. Okay? God and us. Those are the two main people. There ain't nobody else. 
He's the number one guy, and we're all tied for second with him. Okay? And I believe we can all say this if we could, if we would. We could look in the mirror and say, I'm God's favorite. I can say I'm God's favorite, but that does not eliminate Matthew from being God's favorite or Doug or David Rummage. Because it's not about what we do. It's about who He says we are. And God wants to make it real who you are. And that's one of the wonderful things about the river, on the other hand. The river brings that. And that's what God's been doing in our church is trying to get our identity, trying to get all this strife off of us, trying to get us, you know, the Father's house, the Father's love is, is an open door for all of us. And as we continue walking in that door, walking in that door, letting Him touch us, letting Him tell us who we are, letting Him settle issues in our lives, in our hearts, then there's, a, you know, there's other steps. And you know, one of the steps was what Jackie was saying. Because God wants to tell the world that about Himself. That's what He wants to do. He said, I want to go tell those people out there, hey, this is the way I am. And my house is open to you. And you can come in my house. And you can be somebody in my house. Because I have a place for you. And you're not a second-class citizen in my house. And the world is looking for a place to belong. The, and, you know, Becky said, and I don't think she said it just then, that we all, there's something in us all that says, I want a home. All of us are looking for home. Those people in the world are looking for a home. Okay, and, and we don't have to wait to be the Father's house when we move into our property over there. That's just to facilitate, to do more. God wants us to be the Father's house today, right now. Okay, right now. Amen. So one of the things I felt to do is I wanted to pray this prayer, and I wanted, if, if you will, pray it with me. Because I had to do this this week. Is I, I, want you to, I wanted to renounce that elder brother heart that leaks in, like Becky said, default. We default to. We become legalistic. I don't want it in my life. And I, because see, see, that was what the Lord was saying to me when I was putting a, putting a slam jam on the kid who wrote the email. Well, what about you, Byron? Are you doing that? Are you putting something on people I'm not putting on? Tell them they have to do certain things to measure up. Are you doing that? Because that's what the elder brother does. And I don't want that in my life. Because I don't want to be mad at you. Because if, if I'm an elder brother, eventually I'm going to get mad and blow up at you. Because that's what, like Becky said, that's what happens. So if you want to stand, and I'm going to pray, and if you want to pray after me, that would be a great thing. You got something to do? want to say this. When you look at God in your mind's eye, do you see Him smiling or do you see Him frowning? Do you see the Father smiling or do you see Him frowning? Now get honest. Because I believe if you see Him frowning, you're seeing the Father the wrong way. Well, Matthew, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've struggled with. You don't know. Hey, read Luke 15. The prodigal son he came home after, you name it, doing everything wrong that you could possibly do. And what did the father say? We having a party, baby. Yeah. We having a party. Kill the fatted calf. Get the rings out. We're, it's party time. And I feel like that's what the father's saying to you this morning is, listen, my son, my daughter, i got a smile on my face yeah. when I look at you. So stop seeing the frown and start seeing my teeth, my big white teeth yeah. as I'm smiling at you. Yeah. Amen. Father... So just pray after me, if you will. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
I just bless you. I thank you. And Father, I confess that I have fallen into legalism in my mind. I renounce that elder brother attitude. I, Lord, I, I renounce that orphan spirit. I renounce those lies that tell me I don't belong. That tells me that I have to do something other than trust You and believe in the blood of Jesus. Receive the blood of Jesus and receive the Father's love. That's what I do right now, Lord. And I cast those other things away from me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I declare today, I am free in Christ. I am complete in Christ. I have all that you have right now in Christ Jesus. So I receive it today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So, wow. What we're going to do, I think, is have the worship team to come back up.